You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. to another victorious and not at all uh, heart-wrenching episode of the Assembly Call is today. Your Indiana Hoosiers win in overtime 75-73 to over the Michigan Wolverines. That moves IU to 21-10 on the season and 12-8 and in the Big Ten, where they will be the two or the three seed in the Big Ten tournament, depending upon what Northwestern does at Rutgers. I'm your host, Andy Bottoms, here with Ryan Phillips, and we'll break it all down for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU postgame show. And let's start this show the way we start every show, and that is with our banner moment. Uh, Ryan, uh, <laughs> this game, the banner moment was just it ending, um, Yeah, quite honestly. Because... The loud sigh of relief from all of Hoosier Nation at the yeah. end of that game. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess what I will say is the banner moment, and it's a little bit odd, as, as we typically do on games like this, we will uh, wait till the senior speeches are over, which is probably good, as my heart rate was able to return uh, to a normal level. I think a lot of plays you could pick on the stretch, certainly the Jalen hood Shafino three that tied it uh, and, and eventually forced overtime. But, man, the play of the seniors uh, in key stretches down the stretch, Race Thompson made some huge shots and uh, was absolutely ready to vomit into a trash can as he's standing there at the free throw line in the, uh, in, the, in the waning moments with chances to ice the game and just feeling for him what, you know, that moment was like and made just a couple just – awesome defensive plays at the end of regulation and again at the end of overtime his best game of the season yeah and just for him to be able to to come through so big in that game and and to have him stand there and if this had not been a win in in his senior game and a senior day game and one that he played so well uh that would have been just absolutely gut-wrenching and trace jackson davis was uh you know they, they cleared out some things they tried to do some things differently to get him opportunities against hunter dickinson and it was it took him a lot of shots, probably more, maybe a less efficient performance than we're used to from Trace, but uh, 27 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists. Not a bad way for him to close out his career in Simon Scott Assembly Hall. And Miller Kopp hit a, hit a big, uh, big two-pointer in overtime that was close to being a three, made some good hustle plays from a, a you know, rebounding standpoint. Just thought those guys made clutch plays down the stretch. Uh, a lot of guys really stepped up in a game where Trey Galloway fouled out. We'll talk more about that later. But uh, to me, Banner moment was the the culmination of what these seniors had done and the way that they uh, played a major part in a, in a comeback that we wish IU didn't have to make in this game, but the, but it proved to be necessary. Uh, so kudos to them for, for getting it done uh, as they close out their careers at Assembly Hall. So uh, our banner moment, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Home Field Apparel, who is now in their sixth season of sponsoring the Assembly Call, and their second as the presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. As you surely know by now, Homefield has the largest collection of vintage IU apparel that you'll find anywhere with beloved logos like two different versions of the Bison, the great new women's uh, Big Ten Champs shirt that just came out, and any number of great IU products. So if you support other college teams, that's okay. Uh, Homefield has something for them as well. Their product line now extends to more than 120 different schools with unique vintage logos for all of them. Uh, everyone here on the show is a huge fan of Homefield. Wears it uh, often, for sure, although uh, everybody hopefully wore whatever they had lucky um, and changed into it, at least in the second half of today's game. That is for sure. Needed a little home field magic to bring that one home. 
but no matter what you buy, you know it'll be comfortable and the colors will last through many washings. Plus, you're supporting an Indiana-based company that came up through the Kelly School of Business. And what can be better than that? So go to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code HOME to get 15% off your entire first order. Again, that's promo code HOME for 15% off. Once again, that website, homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. All right, it's time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team, which for now is Ryan Phillips. Jared may join us a little bit later. Coach was at the game and may join us as well. Uh, so we'll see if uh, anybody else hops on with us. But, uh, Ryan, there was probably some ranting to be had at various points of this game about various aspects of the game. Uh, probably another one where a little bit of uh, time passing since the game, maybe this will be a, a, a calmer uh, version of maybe some things that you might have said earlier during the game, but uh, you know, thoughts on on the the victory tonight? Yeah, it, it just comes down to leadership for me. And I thought that Indiana started really well. Uh, I mean, they, I, I didn't think that they did, and they they played with a lot of energy and specifically defensively, coming off that horrid performance against Iowa defensively. I thought the defense was lights out early, not allowing straight line drives. Uh, doubling Dickinson a bit, or at least show doubling him and closing out to threes. And and Michigan was not hitting his shots. And then the last, it, it seemed about the last four minutes of the first half, Michigan really only punished them for about the last three minutes, but about the last four or five minutes, they kind of relaxed defensively. And it was almost like, we've got a big lead. We're good. I think they went up 14 at one point. I think that was the max. And they just relaxed. And Michigan punched him in the mouth and Indiana kind of wilted. And for about 10 minutes there, it was a complete lack of leadership. But then what this team did that is different from other Indiana teams we've seen is they showed the heart and toughness to take that punch, get themselves off the mat, and come back. And the guys who did it were Miller Cop hit a huge shot in the run in that comeback. Trace Jackson Davis did what he always does. Uh, Race Thompson had his best game of the season on both ends. The defensive steals he had tonight, he had four steals tonight. All of them were enormous. Yeah, Jalen Huchifino is now part of the leadership group. I mean, he may be a freshman, but he's not. I mean, it's that old thing. At the end of the season, you're not a freshman here. He's still a freshman. But he knocked down a three. How about Tamar Bates who has been here for two years, stepped up, hit some big shots for Indiana. The guy we have seen him buried on the bench for a couple games. He had to be out there because Trey Galloway wasn't out there. He stepped up and hit some big shots. And the, the what happened, the, the biggest thing that happened was that starting four plus Tamar stopped Michigan from the insane streak of, of offense. They were on, they stopped the straight line drives. They, you know, bowed up on on Dickinson. They closed out to threes. They overplayed, made them start their offense further back. That was leadership. And that comes from the from the bench, too. I, I think the coaching staff, whatever they did to get those guys turned around, it worked. Because this is a group that starting five has played a lot this year. And you can see them be tired at times. You want to know why Race Thompson missed those free throws late? He had no legs left. He was tired. Trace Jackson Davis missed the front end of a, a – a, or missed, missed free throws at the end. He was tired. That happens. But these guys still just gutted up and won the game and fought through it. And it was a great story to end on senior day. And it's great that they did it. Now they get the two or three seed in the Big Ten, depending on what Northwestern does. Please, Rutgers, help us out. It'd be great. Um, I don't think I've ever said that before. But it was leadership. And that's what it was. And that's what this team has that Indiana hasn't had for what seems like a decade is, is real leadership up top. And those guys stepped up. Whereas they didn't step up against Iowa, they absolutely did today. Yeah, this is one that was 
it felt like about three games inside the game, <laughs> as, you, as you talked about. And maybe that's the easiest way to talk about this one. Uh, you know, I think that at the beginning, IU definitely came out with the, a, a much different energy than what they had at the beginning of the Iowa game, which you would 100% expect. And But it was, it was a game that, even when they were playing well, felt a little bit like other games where some chances to extend the lead. Yep. I mean, Michigan was... I won't say they were looking for a reason to to bail uh, in the game, but there was every reason it for felt them. That things way. started to go poorly. I mean, once IU got ahead and some of those stretches, when they really extended the lead, they were taking some four shots and, and doing that. And IU really struggled to be able to make open threes in that stretch. The Trace, offense, the the offense wasn't great in the first half. I mean, no, they had the lead the because was they just played so defense. good. That, yeah, that yeah, was, and, and it they got did me, so many empty trips. I mean, yeah, and even some of the plays they scored on were like race. There was a, a possession that just went absolutely nowhere. He ended up getting an and one. I think he missed the the free throw, but I mean that made it nineteen to eleven. But it was just an absolute. Um, I mean, just disaster of a possession as you were going. Yep. Nobody doing First anything, half. and then he just kind of throws it at the basket, and it's like it went in, but it was a little bit – but you also had shots that were really good in there, or they were rush shots. Like, Cop mm-hmm. took a three, but he was off balance. You know, Bates yeah, the in. Cop in the first half was too fired up. He was yeah. way too fired up, and he was overshooting. It was very he was, obvious He watching. was everywhere. He was long. He was, he was short. He was – Over-rotating his body, just rushing. Like, he was, it was senior night. He was fired up and, you know, probably got – they probably got chewed in practice this week, and they want to step up and show something. So, a couple guys were going a little too fast early. That happened to Trey Galloway, too. Yeah, hundred percent. So I thought early on they were succeeding in spite of themselves on offense and being able to take advantage of what they were doing defensively to really build the lead. And then, you know, at the end of the half, uh, you know, both Trey and Huchifino had two fouls and kind of rode it out with Trey for a, a good while. Eventually, brought Huchifino back in toward the end of the half. I think the thought was they'd played well enough, they built a little bit of a lead. And maybe that those guys in there could really take a bigger lead into halftime. And it felt to me like what happened was you had two guys who didn't want to get called for ticky-tack fouls on the perimeter and the ball pressure that had really been important for IU getting Michigan out of rhythm went away. Michigan got comfortable, much like IU let Iowa get comfortable. Buffkin hit a couple shots. And then, you know, the same things that IU was doing on the offensive end just made a bigger difference because Michigan was scoring and really let them get confidence going into halftime. Even I think IU took a timeout once it got down to 10 and it was like, all right, can you write the ship and do that? And then basically everything that could go wrong went wrong, including Galloway getting a foul, his third foul late in the half on a play that, you know, cut the lead down even further. And I think in that stretch, it it just shows you how, how quickly things can turn uh, for this team, that it was just a couple plays, and it really got them out of the rhythm. And I think what it highlighted there was the lack of backcourt depth that we've talked about before. I know this is sounding like a super negative start to this, and we'll get to the part where they came back, but I do think you can't overlook the fact that this game in about a little over 10 minutes of game time had about a 25-point swing from a 14-point yeah. lead to an 11-point deficit. Uh, and some of that, I think, is what you said, is guys being tired, but I also thought... You know, some of the things defensively, just like somebody flipped a switch and they turned off. It snowballed. It snowballed real quick. Yeah. Um, I, it, I just, it's, it's interesting. You look at the first half and we're talking about how, you know, they, they had the lead. The first half, they had a 14-point lead at one point, but they, they averaged 0. .9 points per possession. You know, it wasn't good. Michigan was just worse. And so once the other team catches fire, if you're not in a good rhythm offensively, it's hard to flip that switch. And at times you're going to have 
you know, a streak of failure on defense, but you need to be able to answer the other team scoring. And that's what Indiana couldn't do for a long stretch uh, late in the first half, beginning of the second half. They just couldn't answer what Michigan was doing. And at times they'd score and they'd trade a two for a three. And, you know, I just felt like you're right. It, it, it did. It snowballed on them and it came to the point where they were just scrambling to do anything. They were leaving guys open. Rotations were slow. And then when it got bad was the straight line drive. And Michigan has very talented players. And you look at Michigan, you look at those guys, that team, their athleticism and their ability. When they get hot, they can beat anybody. I, I think they can beat anybody nationally. Uh, no matter what they're up against, if they're hot, they've got the guys to beat anybody. The key is throwing them off balance, not letting them get comfortable, and Indiana let them get comfortable for a while, and and especially to start the second half. That was most evident to start the second half was Michigan got a couple buckets and then just looked like this is our home floor. We're going to dominate, and luckily Indiana was able to turn that around. Uh, but it was it was a rough stretch for a while. I mean, it, again, we're getting to the positive because when they turn when they did flip the switch defensively, uh, it was like a different team. Yeah, so we'll we'll kind of talk about yeah the, the beginning of the second half was basically a carryover of the end of the first half, and it was one of those where you think you want to go in and regroup at halftime, and that did not seem to happen exactly, <laughs> and, and and really really struggled. Michigan hit a bunch of threes at the beginning of the half uh, to give them a lot of momentum. IU at that point had hit one three that was by none other than Race Thompson early in the game, and had not made a three since then, despite getting a lot of quality looks as they went through there, and so. As you get into the second half, I think the biggest point that that uh, Michigan got it to was 11 at 49-38, um, and that was the play on which Galloway got his fourth foul, where Dickinson almost had him in a headlock at some point on yeah, getting the rebound. Foul. And then it's one of those where I, you'd always like to know, if I'm the player in that situation, what could I have done differently to avoid getting called for a foul? In that scenario, I truly have no idea. No, nevertheless. Yeah. <laughs> That's a situation where if you're not going to call Dickinson for over the back, and quite frankly, I, this is what, if, in, in an official's mind, I don't think it was over the back. I think he's just taller. He's just so much you know? bigger than him, yeah. Yeah, that he just reached up and grabbed it. I didn't, he didn't push Gallo or anything. He just got the ball. And I think the official's saying, well, if I'm not going to call over the back there, just visually, I've got to call something. And so we called the foul on Galloway after the basket. Now, look, if Dickinson doesn't make that basket, maybe you make the call, but it was an easy sh- – like, I, I – it was just a bad It was an anticipation call, and it was uh, these guys are close to each other. I have to call it one way or the other. It's a lot like a lot of block charge calls could just go as no calls. And but guys think there's contact, I gotta call something, and that's not necessarily the case. So it was one of those, and it, again, I you know, I it was just such a bad call. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. It was a horrible, horrible call. Yeah, and actually actually looking at my notes, it did get up to twelve at one point. A couple of possessions later, Michigan hit a three. Uh and then it, it was, did, it yeah. Was, Indiana it got it down to nine. Two to forty was the the biggest they got from Michigan. But from there, so now we get to the good part. Uh, <laughs> so this is where I you started to at least claw back into it a little bit. They got it down to nine by the end of that segment. TJD uh was able to to make a shot and get fouled. Puchafino got that to was the free weird. throw line. It was like they started to do that. Tamar Bates hit a big three. Um the it Bates like, and Cop threes turned it for me, yeah, I think. Yeah, the, the Bates three made it 54 to 45. Um, got it back to nine. Then you come out of that, TJD gets a third on Dickinson. I don't know that he ever got a fourth, to be honest with you, but I'll leave that alone. Uh, <laughs> but but you really saw TJD in that stretch assert himself a bit. Uh, it, it, you know, I guess he had a, a, a kind of a miss where he threw it off the backboard, get, got it back to himself for a dunk. Um, 
you know, made some plays, started to get a little more comfortable. IU did a lot of trying to clear out for TJD on the yeah. side. That wasn't that was more late in the game. But yeah. like, what did you see that they were um, trying to do things differently? Because I thought they struggled to really. They went to him early in the game. He got into a little bit of a rhythm, and then I felt like there was a middle stretch where he really couldn't get. He wasn't getting enough touches. He wasn't getting enough touches. If he was getting a touch, it was beyond the three-point line in the dribble handoff. And and you know, uh, to give Michigan credit, they were making it hard to get the ball to him. And so Indiana's adjustment was: we'll just get the ball to him far away from the bat. We don't care. You don't don't get it to him in the post up. Just throw it wide. Let him go out and collect, and then work. Uh, but in the first half, it looked like if he didn't get it post up, posted up, they weren't going to give it to him or he was going to have it from the top of the key. Now, we like him. Yeah, we've repeatedly said we like him with the ball at the top of the key, especially against stationary defenders uh, where he can go to work. Uh, but look, when Dickinson was on him, Dickinson's a tough guy to play against just because he's so big and he has those long arms. It's it's really difficult. I mean, even though Trace is a better, more skilled player, I think, and and a guy who is quicker and all of that stuff. It's hard to play against a, legit, a guy who's basically seven feet tall with really long arms, um, no matter how good you are. That's difficult. And so it it's hard to get shots that way. And so Indiana did isolate him. They made the right move. When they made that run late, they started getting the ball out wide. They just let him go, you know. And when Dickinson got another foul, they started putting other guys on them. So he was guarding Race Thompson. It, it worked out in Indiana's favor. Uh, Trace made some incredible, had some incredible finishes around the rim, as we've seen lately around the, it's really funny. We were sold that he'd have a right hand, you know, midway through his freshman year. And now he's finally finishing with his right hand, but doing it in all these, it's not a straight finish. It's, it's these crazy acrobatic around the hoop layups and he's making them. Um, so I think that was it. But what, what really did it for Indiana was those guys hitting jumpers. Malik Renew hit a couple free throws in a clutch spot. Um, you know, cop hit that three-pointer to cut it to six. And when he cut it to six, that's when Mar Michigan really started feeling the pressure. And cop, you know, made a great, like, look off uh, pass. The defender went with his look off, and, and he nailed that three. And that was big. I mean, that was at that point, the crowd got into it, and you felt like Michigan was on its back foot. Yeah, that, that was, was with that was with eight minutes left. Yeah, that was the that was the next section that I was going to talk about because they come out of the timeout and I actually had the Galloway that particular foul on him wrong. He got his fourth early when he fouled out was the one with with Dickinson that way. But oh, that's right. Yeah, he but, fouled out. He fouled the guy dunking from behind. Yeah. Yeah, you you got. But yeah, so cop hits that three that goes into the um you know the under eight timeout there. Rick comes out of that race gets a hook shot. Nice pass to to race from TJD. And those guys really had it working. And it was kind of in they that did. stretch. It was like, you, you, race needs to get back in the game at some point. Renew had made a couple plays, but I think defensively was struggling a little bit. And uh, his side, yeah. he's, he's like TJD, he's a little undersized for a yeah. straight post. And so in some matchups, you know, I think that next by next year, midway through next year, he'll be fine in that situation, finding angles. But as a freshman, it's tough, you know, to go up against those guys when you're not 6'11. Yeah. Yep, a hundred percent, and and so it just seemed like a good spot to brace. He he responded, and did well, but then you know they get that put back, get it up to four. Bates immediately comes in, pressures on him to come in for Galloway, hits a three right away. That was a huge one, and huge. You know, we we've talked so many times about three point shooting with this team, and all they need to take more, all those things that we've just beaten into the ground over the course of the season. But man. Those were key plays that I mean the crowd was just waiting. They wanted any reason to get back in the game and get excited and whatever. And I used four of six from three in the second half. Probably could have taken more. I thought they ran themselves out of a couple yeah, decent a couple. ones. But like when we talk about the importance of three point shooting, the cop three, the Bates three in that scenario, obviously the one Hutchifino hits late to tie it is is huge for different reasons. 
But that's why we talk about that stuff, because in a game like that, and, and that was one of the things that was frustrating about the Iowa game, of just the continuation of not trying to get those shots that will yep. just light the building up. It's such I, that, a momentum changer. That was a huge spot from Tamar Bates. Just, I mean, for a guy who had really struggled in the game at that point, he'd hit another three earlier, but had really, really struggled. Really came out, played with some great effort in that stretch. Almost had a, a putback tip in that I have no idea how it didn't go in. But Yeah, he just uh, had Aaron, too much momentum. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I know you wanted to add something on the three-point shooting before we kind of get to the next Well, one. yeah, well, what I think is amazing is, and what, what what typifies what this game was, what the story of this game for me is, with 10.45 left, uh, that was when Trace threw the ball off the backboard and, and dunked it. Um, that cut it to seven. Uh, they got a uh, Michigan got a three pointer. Then, then the scoring for Indiana was Malik Renault had two free throws. Cop hit a three. Race had a hook shot. Uh, Race had a dunk uh, and a free throw. And then uh, where is the next one? And then it's the three pointer by Bates. So it was people other than Trace Jackson Davis and Jalen Huchifino scoring in that stretch to get Indiana closer. And when Bates hit that shot with 545 left, it's 63-62 Michigan. It's a one-point game. At that point, you're in it. At that point, you know, no matter what happens, it, they're not going to be more than three points ahead of you or four points ahead of you. And you know that, and you know you're in the game. And and so that stretch of scoring where Trace and Jalen Huchifino weren't the only guys you're looking towards is key, and we've said it all year. This role-player group, whether they're bench or starters, the role-player group is the difference for Indiana. And that is, that's the ceiling. With two great studs, you can be really good, but there is a hard ceiling on where you can go. It's about those other guys stepping up. Trey Galloway stepped up lately. Um, Miller's been hitting more shots. You know, it, But how much are you going to get from those guys? And tonight... Those guys help bring them back and put them in a position to win the game. Yeah, hundred percent. And at that point, get to the under four at sixty-five, sixty-two. I know this is not the normal format of just kind of going through the game, but like I said, this was like games within it's the game. Worth, yeah, so there really probably aren't like storylines as much as just this was a crazy game, and and so this felt like the right way to go through it. So you get you're down three, uh, coming out of the under four timeout, and you know Michigan misses the front end of a one and one coming out of that, but back taps. The rebound eventually gets a shot clock violation. This was a stretch of IU's defense down the stretch in in this area was unbelievable, um, really yep. from here until the end. They had had a lot of issues giving up offensive rebounds. That was one of the last offensive rebounds I feel like Michigan got, um, but also scared the crap out of me for the strategy to foul up three uh, late in the game, but we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Um, you know, but they do that. But then TJD really took over in that stretch. So like you said, there was a stretch there where it was other guys doing it. Uh, but Trace had a nice move inside, then had a, just a crazy reverse where they, um, you know, isolated him yeah. on the wing, gets, gets under and around. Just ridiculous to be able to get the ball off and, and have it. They tried to do the same thing again on the next position, like isolate him, but he got blocked. He got um, blocked, yeah. And so then it's kind of feeling like, okay, Michigan gets bailed out on a foul call at the end of the shot clock, which was I did not, you know, whatever. Uh, they foul TJD. He misses the front end, and then Dickinson makes a hook shot deep in the you know deep in the paint, and it's sixty nine sixty six with under a minute to go. But Huchifino at that point, I, I will say at that point it felt like oh no, like he came all the way back and they've got their arm up. But yeah, well, Mister Wonderful, kinda, yeah, Michigan had played his own and you know some stretches there, and IU still was able to get the ball inside, but just took him a little while. 
And uh, basically, they got Huchifino an open shot at the top of the key. He shoots it over Dickinson, I believe, who was trying to close out at him. Just an incredible ballsy shot right uh, there. Yeah, man. just – That's a superstar. That's a lottery pick shot. Yeah. It just is. And Jalen was – I mean, he was fine. He ended up with 13 points, but only had two assists. They did a good job of really trying to bottle him up and keep him going to the sideline, not getting him – letting him get to the middle of the court. Um, and, and, you know, so they're kind of icing some of the ball screens that way. But, you know, they would – uh, you would kind of get lobs to TJD at the top, and then he'd try to curl off of him on a handoff, and they were able to get some things that way, but just not a ton uh, of the normal plays in the pick and roll from Jalen, but a huge shot there. And then uh, the first of two great race Thompson plays. Amazing. Gets an unbelievable, you know, steals it, goes down on the break, and it's one of those where you, you can't call a timeout when you got a two-on-one break, although Jet Howard really hustled back to get in the play and, and cut off any option that race had to be able to throw a pass to, I think it was Tamar, uh, who was going with him, you know, race tries to kind of change hands in the air, misses the shot. I thought he was fouled in the first, you know, live did not appear that no, way. It was a great on, defensive play on replay. And, and honestly, it's just bad luck. That was yeah. in and out. I mean, that's just, that's yeah, just one that millimeter just, one way or the other it's in, you yeah. know, and it's, but I'll give credit to Huchifino on the next, on the next possession to, to close out regulation. Um, Michigan was a little discombobulated. They'd taken a timeout. They were, you know, trying to get a shot off. He had a really good late challenge on Dickinson, who took a three uh, at the end, and he did a good job recovering, getting out to him. They missed a shot; it goes to overtime. Uh, and uh, well, before it went to overtime, what happened? <laughs> What's that? The half court pass before it oh, went to yeah, overtime. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Half that court pass they missed, and the, Trace, yeah. Trace almost banked nearly it in made on his, his first his first three pointer of his high career. <laughs> So that would have been something. But, uh, yeah, and then IU comes out in the overtime. I thought just the defense continued um, in that stretch. They gave up a Dickinson three. Uh, I'm not sure. After they were up by – they were up six They were up at that six, point. I think. Yeah. Um, they and Trace just three, didn't but I don't think they gave fast. up a – yeah, and I guess they gave up that free throw um, and, and I guess another basket somewhere along the way. But, yeah, race was big in the top of that. Took a really tough shot no, over it was just Dickinson. The, by the way, it was just the three in the free throw. That's all they gave up. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Oh, you're right, 75, 73. Um, yeah, race makes a tough shot, uh, over Dickinson to just start, great. uh, just right off the bat, took it, said, I'm going to go take it. Oh, but uh, the hustle to win the tip too was big. I thought I think that was uh, Bates ran that down. I believe he did. And the ball Cameron was just kind of loose odd, and yeah. either, either team could have gotten it. And he, he just hustled to get it. I thought that was huge to sort of establish yourself. And also I, I, I texted a buddy as we went to overtime. I said, I'd rather be us in overtime because we had the comeback, the momentum, Indiana, Indiana was on the momentum track and you always want to go with the team that tied it up, I think, rather than the team that had the lead previously. Um, and so getting that and establishing yourself quickly, I thought was, was really important. Yeah. And it, it was really one where it felt a little bit like the beginning of the game. There were some other missed opportunities to extend the lead because I use defense was just suffocating uh, in yeah. the overtime and, and both teams is, as you said, I think I give the edge to the home team and the team that came back. Everybody was tired at that point. I don't think anybody yes. had subbed yeah. in God knows how long. And uh, IU certainly had not subbed since Galloway fouled out. And I'm not. And and they had most of the other four guys had not been subbed out a long time before that either. Michigan, yeah, uh, pretty similar. But TJD eventually pretty much fouled. Going with the same five guys. Cop hits a a long two in the corner. Um, Great pass by Trace, by the way. Yeah, that I, was, I, that was, I didn't even see home, that. Except it wasn't a three. I go, this would be a great spot for Cop to hit a three and put him up seven. Yeah. But he was on the line. So uh, close to a three. But, uh, yeah, so they had that. But then really from there, just couldn't kind of get that next basket to put it away. Didn't score the last 221 yeah. of the game. But the defense but. was amazing. Race Thompson, again, gets a steal from Dickinson. And, 
Uh, you know, like like I said on the top, just was dying for him missing those free throws. Missed the first one long, missed the second one short. Uh, IU fouled up three with six seconds left, which, again, terrified me because Michigan – and it, until those last few minutes had been so good on the offensive glass. Um, but I guess if your philosophy is your philosophy and if that's what you want to do, um, and they get that race goes in, misses again, and, and IU gets a turnover on the last possession when they basically throw it into the back of uh, Hunter Dickinson. But, man, what a uh, what a swing of, of momentum in the game. But uh, just a, a tremendous uh, job to build the lead, terrible job to lose it, and a great job to come back and find a way to win it in overtime. And also on, on, you know, on that last possession, uh, the heads up nature of jumping in by Tamar Bates to steal that. I don't think they would have gotten anything out of it anyway, but don't let Dickinson get his hands on the ball. He wasn't looking the balls loose, get in there right away. And um, you know, then there was the question of whether or not Dickinson fouled him in time, but he clearly didn't. So that was the ball game. But again, Tamar Bates hit a couple shots I thought he played incredible defense in the second half uh, when he was in there after Galloway was out. I, I thought he did a great job today. And it, it feels like for him, and there's a lot of other guys like this, but if you make a shot, it just puts you in the game and you are way more locked in. And I think he is as clear an example of that as anybody we've ever seen at IU. Yep, 100%. So I kind of end with this thought about the team. Um, you know, This feels like we've said this a number of times this year. This is a game that previous vintages of IU teams would not have won. It would have been a 20-point loss. Uh, what, so as you think about that, I mean, that, I think it's happened enough this season. We've said that enough that there's something to it. What, what do you attribute that to? I think it's leadership. I think finally having a great veteran core. And, and look, I, I, I say this a lot, and I, I was a big admirer of, of Jay Wright's Villanova teams. Uh, and what they would do was have star athlete you know, guys who were going to go to the NBA, but they'd also have a group of guys who were seniors or juniors and were tough as hell and had been around and had battled in the big East and had, you know, done all of that stuff. Um, Indiana has that this year with a star freshman who's going to be a first round draft pick at Jalen Huchifino. And then a bunch of guys who were battle tested. I mean, Miller cops set the record for most big 10 games in a career today. You know, trace Jackson Davis is, you know, race Thompson's play as many big 10 games as anybody in Indiana history. Trace Jackson Davis is a four year starter and, and leader on the team. When you have those guys and when you have that mentality of we've been here before, even if you haven't been here with success, it, there's just a different attitude and these guys are battle tested. They went on. I think that when that run last year at the big 10 tournament and getting the NCAA tournament was invaluable for those guys just to have that level of success and be like, we can replicate that. And I think that's what it is. They've had success and they're going to continue to push and they know they can win these games. They know they can compete with anybody if they play. And I wrote that column at the beginning of the year about how talented this team was. It's one of the most talented teams Indiana's had in the last couple decades. They have the talent. They just have to put it to good use. And, uh, you know, some nights they've looked worn down, but skill-wise, I mean, they're a better team than Michigan. You know, they may not be better skilled. They may not have better players, but they're a better team. And all they had to do was want to win this game, and they did late, and they, they, they came away with the win. Yeah, I think the experience from last year, and I think even being able to come out on top of some of these other games this season, this team gets in games like this. Now, you know, the Iowa game where you're not really competitive. And I think it's been the difference. You know, a lot of the games they've lost, they've really had stretches where they were just non-competitive, uh, essentially. Yeah. And so that belief 
never really even gets a chance to come into play. Um, but I think for, for these guys on a, on a game like this, you know, just kind of chipped away at it. There wasn't some massive run that allowed them to get back in the game once it was, you know, once they got down by 12. They just chipped away. We got a little bit closer and a little bit closer at each of the media timeouts, but it wasn't ever this this major run like what Michigan had at the end of the half. But I do think that that belief and that experience and in, in being able to come back in some of these games uh, has, has been uh, present at times. And I think that becomes important as you get into tournament play of being able to, to keep yourself in the game and, uh, and go through it that way. So, all right. Well, that was maybe the, a, a different format of our first segment, but I thought was worthwhile given. Um, and the longest one I think we've had all year. But perhaps. hey, you know what? Well, since we've Se- taken, senior day, we've probably taken most of the meaningful moments. So the sex, next segment will be incredibly short. So it'll be fine. <laughs> we'll make up for it on the, the meaningful moment will be the first segment when we'll we took all the meaningful the moments. So perfect. All right. All right. Well, that'll do it for the first segment. We'll uh, we'll come back. We'll talk meaningful moments. We'll dig into the stats uh, when we come back here on the assembly call. Stick with us. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hey, this is Max Bielfeld, Big Ten champ and better than advertised sixth man of the year in 2016. And speaking of better than advertised, join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on the assembly call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. All right. Figured we had to throw Max Bielfeld in there with the Michigan game. Although I would have gone for one of those runs that they went on against Michigan, the 24-hour run or whatever it was. Uh, to Hell the last yeah. point. That did not was not how IU came back today. That would have been a great way for this game to play out at some point, but well, it was not to be. We missed out on how exciting it was. So welcome back to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. I'm Andy Bottoms here with Ryan Phillips, and we are breaking down Indiana's 75-73 overtime win over Michigan. It's time for today's meaningful moment that you might have missed, which is brought to you by our friends at the Hoosier Ticket Project, where they help individuals and families experience Indiana University athletic events in person for the first time through the generosity of alumni and fans. To learn more about how you can donate money or extra tickets to help create meaningful moments for IU fans, visit HoosierTicketProject.org. Again, that's HoosierTicketProject.org. All right, so we've got... Meaningful moments that you might have missed. Now, it's possible that the way I chose to do 
the first segment of the show has basically robbed us of any opportunity uh, to, uh, to, to <laughs> talk meaningful moments here uh, since we've talked about so many of the key plays. Uh, you know, I will say I'm going to use this to, to highlight uh, a couple guys that we maybe have talked about a little bit less. Uh, and one of those is Trey Galloway. Um, I, just a, an off night for him. But there was a play that he made. I think this was in the first half. This is when things were going well. Uh, where he basically took the ball from one end and sprinted up the court. Nobody stopped him, goes coast to coast for a uh, yep. for a layup. And just that was a moment that it felt like, <laughs> you know, that it just felt like, all right, maybe everything is, uh, you know, maybe everything's fine. That had gotten it to 25 to 13 where they had, they had missed. Um, you know, Trace had just scored a couple baskets in a row, and you get that. You know, Race followed that up with a tip in. But for... You know, for Galloway, I thought offensively the foul trouble just kept him from getting into any kind of rhythm. He made a floater yeah. on the baseline. He made that shot. Those were his two baskets of the game. Um, and so I thought, you know, a guy who really could have been important in this one and needed to be there defensively ended up with three assists as well in 25 minutes. But those 25 minutes were so choppy. Uh, and, and really most of those were in the first half. He got his fourth pretty early in the sec- in the second half. Uh, I thought that play was a great example of, of – you know, kind of what you want uh, Trey in the game for and, and trying to be able to do that. But uh, unfortunately, those moments for him were few and far between today based on the foul trouble that he got in. Yeah, and I think it just highlights how important Tamar Bates was in this one because you just didn't have Trey Galloway being Trey Galloway and you needed somebody in there or that's an empty lineup spot. And my meaningful moment piggybacks off of that is with 12-14 left in the second half. We talked about it, but Indiana was down 12 with 12 minutes left on senior day at home, and Tamar Bates hit a hit a huge three-pointer and cut it to nine. And then Trace Jackson Davis, you know, uh, wound up uh, making two free throws. And, you know, I mean, it, like, then they started to sort of chip away at that league, got it to seven, then it was nine, then seven, you know, and, and they just started going back and forth. And that was the first sign of life. That three was the first sign of life from Indiana in a while. And that was the first basket where you felt the arena come alive a little bit and you felt Indiana start to sort of reassert itself offensively. They traded baskets for a little bit, but that got the offense going. It was that three by Bates. Yeah, another one that I had, uh, it centered more around his second three-pointer, but it was a defensive possession after that. It was it, it kind of an absolute mess of a defensive possession, quite honestly. They were scrambling really the entire time. I think it ended with TJD getting a block inside, but it was at least from an effort standpoint, it really was emblematic of what they started to do down the stretch of the game. And Bates had hit a three to make it 63-62. Michigan gets a possession. Trace eventually gets a block, but there were guys just scrambling on closeouts where they had gotten lost and um, just trying to cover for one another. But the effort on it, the execution was not good at all, but the mm-hmm. effort really made up for it. And, and I think that was what was frustrating about the Iowa game, frustrating about stretches of this game, was that the effort defensively wasn't there. And on that possession, like I said, it was very emblematic of what they were able to do you know, down the stretch on defense that carried over late in the game that carried over into overtime. And that was what they did to beat Michigan the first time they held them scoreless for a long time at the end of that game. And just thought it seemed like, and again, we go back to the three kind of gives everybody life. The building's going crazy. Yep. You're not playing where you need to be on defense, but you just got where, you know, you just got there and found a way to make a play. And even though Michigan ended up scoring, they scored the next basket a couple possessions later. It still just felt like, Effort-wise, Indiana made it clear that they were going to 
you know, be there and be able to get back in the game. I, I just thought, you know, that area of the game around there is really when it felt like things started to turn and, and that defensive group really started playing well together. Yeah. They just started responding to, to what Michigan was doing. And that's when they showed life. And, and I think that once you show life in your home team and there's a team you're facing that has struggled this season, they start questioning themselves and it, what you have to do is take that punch from them, and then you have to find a way to punch back. When you punch back, you might stagger them. And I think Indiana did a little bit, and then Michigan's run. And Michigan was going to stop hitting shots at some point. The averages say it didn't against Iowa, but the averages say that they're going to stop hitting those shots at some point, and everything's going to even out. And it started to, and that, and and part of that was Indiana's defense, of course, but that's that's what you have to do you have to be able to respond and that's why three-pointer is such a dangerous weapon because you can go from a team's up 10 they feel comfortable you hit a shot now it's seven feels a little less comfortable now they hit another it's four you know i mean it's it, it it's a way to just cut down a run or a comfortable lead so quickly um and i think three-point plays are the same way obviously because there's a momentum to making a shot when you get fouled but hitting those threes really turn this game around for indiana Hundred uh, percent. Any other moments that you've got, Ryan? I, like I said, I think we hit on a number. Yeah, of I think we covered them. So I think we've. Uh, I think we got that part done. See, we're making up that pass. Here. That pass from Trace. I mean, we're gonna get credit for for Miller for making the long shot, but that pass from Trace was unbelievable in overtime. Yeah, those are some of the passes. I mean, they were they were getting open shots in the first half. That's why missing the threes was kind of frustrating. And then it yes. felt like there were times that they then there was a lot of up. open looks missed. Yeah. Uh, then I think Cop passed one up after he'd missed a couple. Bates passed one up at some point in the second half to really drive into a tougher shot. Yeah. Um, but then he stepped up. He couldn't and, like, decide nailed, on the shot whether he wanted to bank it. Nailed the next one. Yeah. Do I want to bank it? Do I want to keep going to the basket? Do whatever. And I, you know, it's just important. For this team, like they have good enough shooters to be able to continue shooting, even if you miss a couple. Uh, and they were making the right passes in the first half and getting good shots, just struggled to uh, yeah. to make them. But a good bounce back uh, performance in that regard. All right. So in our effort to make up time as we move forward here, we'll uh, we'll go inside the numbers. Uh, and so, you know, statistically, this is an area we've not talked about hardly at all in the game. And, and Ryan, I'll kind of throw it to you first. What what numbers stood out to you, either on the the positive or the negative side? Well, negative, I mean, we've seen it again. Michigan crushed Indiana on the boards. I mean, it was 45 to 36. Yeah, you know, they had, 12, they had 13 offensive rebounds. Um, but this is a good one for Indiana. And, I mean, it's not it's not overwhelming, but 10 bench points to two for Michigan. Uh, so you did get some life from the bench today. Uh, points in the paint, 38 to 26 for Indiana as well. So Michigan obviously – won the battle at the three-point line, but Indiana was able to do what it does and just hammer the paint. And a lot of that was not only Trace, but Race Thompson having such a good game as well. Yeah, the, the offensive rebounds were definitely a, a concern. It was one possession. Michigan missed two threes, got the rebound on both, and eventually hit a third, you know, uh, you know, right after that. And it was just like – it just was deflating at times. Um, yeah, when you play great defense – and then yeah. they get a rebound and make yeah, a they shot. They finally it's... miss threes. They're red hot to start the half. They finally miss threes, and you give up two offensive rebounds, and then they finally hit a third. I mean, you, you know, they shoot 33% of the possession, but you end up uh, feeling pretty bad going down the other way. I, and I do think they clean that up a lot as you look late in the game. But in the key stretches where Michigan was coming back, just getting extra opportunities was, uh, was huge in that regard. And the bench points, as you said, I think for a team that, uh, and still probably some uh, things to lament about the depth today, but I thought you, uh, you know, 
Bates' play was huge. Renew got a, a bucket and a couple free throws and, and a few rebounds. I thought Caleb Banks played with, with some good effort again. I think there was he did. a time they had a really weird good lineup energy. in where he was essentially like playing the two-guard spot, which you know, Michigan has some bigger guards, so I guess maybe that's less of a, a big deal. But I thought he gave some uh, good effort, which I think we've come to expect from him, which is um, which is certainly a good thing. You know, team, team statistics, I mean, not a lot of good numbers from a shooting perspective. IU shoots 5 of 15 no. from 3, Michigan 9 of 27. Michigan 12 of 17 from the line, IU 14 out of 21. Uh, IU did force 13 turnovers. It turned into 12 points, so a little bit. And of, Michigan doesn't turn the ball over there. a whole lot. Michigan yeah, doesn't so turn the ball over. I thought they had some moments. And a lot of times when they really were aggressive getting into the post, um, they were able to force some of those turnovers. We talked about race, and then there was another jump ball that was forced uh, at one point by really digging down and, and doing some of those things uh, on the defensive um, end. One thing I'll note, just to you know continue – Hyping up Tamar Bates, and and we always have the caveat with plus minus, but he had the highest plus minus today in 23 minutes. He was plus 11. The team was better with him on the floor. I mean, it just it just was today, and and you know Galloway just not being able to get into the game. I think that hindered him a lot, not being able to get into a rhythm. Like when they brought him back in after he had sat for a long time with four, and they brought him back in, and almost immediately he gets his fifth. You know, and didn't really have much to offer and it's hard when you're in foul trouble it's hard to stay in the game and to stay warm and to be ready to go when you when your number is called so uh he and Caleb Banks Caleb Banks also plus eight and ten minutes I just the the team was more lively when they were on the floor and I thought you know it's a kudos to them for for you know not having done a whole lot lately and to come step up in a big game you know a senior day's centered around the seniors and this is your second this is their sophomore and freshman really stepping up and giving an energy boost to the team yeah, I mean, you look at the defensive numbers, 10 steals for IU, including four from Race Thompson. So just a, a you know, 16 points, 10 rebounds, four assists from him, or four steals from him uh, was was critical. Well, and, guess, and also, Andy, on that, you know, Michigan had 13 turnovers and 10 of them were steals. You know, this yeah. these weren't these weren't self-inflicted, throwing it out of bounds type of things. Indiana was causing those turnovers. Yeah, absolutely. And probably wouldn't be an IU game this year if you didn't, Talk through Trace Jackson Davis's stat line and the 44 under the minutes played column for him. Uh, 27 points with 10 out of 21 from the floor, 7 of 9 from the free throw line, 9 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 blocks, 2 steals. Uh, you what know, can he say, man? I mean, pretty good way for him. To, obviously a good way for him to go out from a, a winning perspective, but uh, to, to stuff the stat sheet in the way that he has uh, all season long is uh, just – icing on the cake in some regard for him yeah it's look trace jackson davis is the greatest iu career since calvert cheney i don't don't think there's any question about that at this point and you look at the numbers he put up consistently this season the season's not over but the regular season is and to go out on his home floor 27 9 6 uh only one foul today (laughs) two blocks two steals in 44 minutes against Hunter Dickinson, you know, a guy preseason, a lot of people thought would be an All-American and, and and you know, NBA draft pick and all of that. Uh, you know, you got to look at who it was against, too. And, and he played really well and he stepped up. And these are the kind of games I think this is the growth in Trace since that run in the Big Ten tournament last year is these are the kind of guys he used to not have success against, you know. And, and, and to be able to do that this year and to have the confidence to go right at these guys who are bigger than him. We saw it against Zach Eady. Uh, and we saw it in this one. Uh, he just, he's a different guy this year and he'd been great all three years previous, but he's a different guy this year. And this is a great senior season. I mean, one of the best I've seen uh, in college basketball, just given how limited some of the guys are around him 
in, in what they can actually provide, not talent wise, but what they can actually provide. And he just put the team on his back almost every night this year. You know, there are a handful of games that that he was off, um, but the guy just carries this team and um, absolutely just a stunning, stunning career. And uh, it's been a it's been a, an honor to get to watch that guy play, honestly, as a fan. Uh, I'm also looking at this. I, I'm doing this quickly, but I believe in the last 10 minutes of the game, IU only allowed Michigan to make four field goals. Uh, we talk about the defense. Well, 10 minutes of the game plus overtime, four field goals. Sorry. So really the last 15 and One of them was a Dickinson the three, which at that point you're kind of okay with him shooting. I, You know, it went in, but yeah. – if yeah. that's the I shot mean, he's going to take. There's, I think, five free throws mixed in there, but four made field goals over the last 15 minutes of, of regulation just to hammer home how good the defense it's defense, was man. So. Effort and focus. Effort and focus. Absolutely. All right. All right. Well, when we come back, we're going to get to uh, our game balls and the Leader Hustle Awards. So we'll do that when we come back and talk a little bit more about IU's win. Stick with us here on the Assembly Call. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And... Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Jordan Halls, and I never miss a shot or an episode of The Assembly Call. All right. Thank you, Jordan. And this is Andy Bottoms. You're listening to The Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. I'm here with Ryan Phillips, and we are talking about Indiana's 75-73 to victory over the Michigan Wolverines in overtime on senior day for the Hoosiers. And uh, so as we get ready to move forward here, a uh, reminder you can catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game plus every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. Also make sure you sign up, sign up for our free IU Hoops email newsletter. Over 9,000 of your fellow IU fans have subscribed. You can join for free today at join.assemblycall.com. Again, that's join.assemblycall.com. All right, it's now time for our game balls, which are presented by our friends at Bloom Environmental, where Allie and James and the crew help folks in southern and south-central Indiana 
maintain healthy air quality in their home or business. You can learn more about them by going to bloomenviro.com. And when you mention this ad, you get 23% off all of their testing services. That's 23 in honor of TJD. And as has been the case most of the season, the game ball discussion will likely be a short one, although uh, we could, you know, Ryan, as the president of the Race Thompson fan club, could could uh, throw out that option. So, Ryan, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give the floor to you first to, to hand out your game ball. I'll be honest, Andy, I'm struggling with this one, and I think that um, we may have to kick it to the chat mob because I don't I, – I, I think I'm going with Reyes Thompson's double double tonight and, and the four steal and the mostly it's because of the four steals he had where I think three of them were three of the most important plays of the game. And trace was unbelievable. And if you want to shout at me in the chat, go ahead. I understand. Uh, he was, I just got done singing his praises. Uh, I think there's two options here for both awards and one guy gets one, one guy gets the other, uh, I'm giving it to race Thompson on senior day, seven of 10 from the field. He had 10 rebounds, a double, double, uh, you know, four steals. I, I just thought the way he played tonight energized the team. And when they made that run late, I thought a lot of it was on race running around defensively. He looked like the race Thompson from last year. And we haven't seen much of that this year. I know he struggled with injuries and all of that, but tonight was vintage race Thompson. And it was that way from the jump. And then I thought that he energized them late again for that big run. So I'm going to go race Thompson. I think I understand if it goes the other way though. All right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to go with trace. So we will have to figure out the, the chat mob to do this. I think I had race already pegged for the Hoosier hustle award, which, uh, speaks it's fine incredibly well to him so and the we'll, chat mob uh, the chat mob is going to go with you on the game ball i just wanted to i don't know that for, i don't know that for sure it's a little tough to to follow some people were already going with the uh hustle award when i flipped over there to check it so uh anyway i'm gonna go with tjd we'll uh let those in the chat mob tabulate things seems like mostly tjd game ball race yeah. hustle award in the chat as best i can tell but uh we'll we'll give it a minute and uh, and see what's going yeah, on, but yeah, I, I mean, Trace, Trace is going to win it. I get it. I pretty, totally get it. Pretty awesome on Senior Day to have the guys that you would uh, come up first with be those two who have been through it in the front court. Two guys have been here the longest, Ten, who have yeah. been here the longest, and uh, and and certainly came up huge in this game against a, a tough and, and a big front line. Oh, uh, for the hustle, just flip it. I know race is going to win it, but just flip it. Cause I can't vote for him twice. So yeah, TJD, well, I was going to give the hustle to him for 44 minutes and just playing incredible. I mean, for me, it's, you know, if you could pick two players for the game, ball, I, w- I would have picked them both together, but we can't, we have hard and fast rules here and we take it very seriously. Sure. Uh, so <laughs> great, great. So, integrity you know, here. Well, before, before yeah. you transition to the, to the huddle, we gotta, we gotta play the ad. So just, just All hang right. on. Hi, this is Anthony Leal, reminding you to check out our friends at Evansville Security Services. Based in the hometown of IU legend Calvert Cheney, Evansville Security Services has been providing off-duty police officers to businesses and individuals since 2001. In other words, they're in the business of prevention and peace of mind. And remember, prevention cannot be measured. To learn more about how Evansville Security Services can help you preserve your peace of mind by preventing bad outcomes, 
visit EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. That's EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. All right. Well, apparently my bad for muting myself because there's some law that's hooked up to it. But. So thanks to our friends at EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. Sorry about that. Uh, as we go forward. All right. So, Ryan, you said you're giving yours to Trace. I'm going to yeah, give mine to it. Race. Um, and he will win it. <laughs> it's it's overwhelming in the chat mob. I peaked. It's. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. So we will. I will update this here and uh, we will move forward on that. All right. So, uh, like I said, good to have those two seniors uh, be the ones who are really up for that. All right. So now we move on. Lingering questions as we head into the Big Ten tournament. One lingering question is what seed will IU be in the Big Ten tournament? Yeah. Uh, that is to be determined at this point based on what appears to be an absolute rock fight. Uh, yeah, the, real barn burner at, at Jersey arena, Mike's Arena. Formerly known as the Rack. Uh, so 25-21 at halftime. Rutgers really scored late in half to, to close the gap to that. I know. I mean, they although like to be fair, the IU game was 29-27 at halftime, so I really can't. I really can't say too much. And we wonder why the Big Ten has a reputation, has the reputation yeah, it has. Exactly. So, you know, Ryan, what what lingering questions uh, stick out for you coming out of this game? IU does get the double bye, which means they've got four full days of rest. This team can use it for sure, especially with yes. getting a decent rest leading up to this particular game. Um, but uh, but what, what lingering questions do you have as we head into the Big Ten tournament? Uh, just utilizing this rest, are they going to be able to do it? Uh, you know, I think we've seen a couple times late uh, this season, this team kind of running out of gas in sections of games. I think that had a lot to do with what happened with Michigan. You know, a lot of these guys have played a lot, a lot of minutes and it's got, it wears you down. I know they're young college kids, you know, it shouldn't bother them. It does. Uh, it wears you the hell down and it's late in the season and they're still playing a ton of minutes. And especially after this one going overtime, you got Jalen Huchifino playing 40 and trace playing 44, uh, getting a couple days off is just so valuable. Uh, and, and look, they're, they're going to play a good team, no matter who they play in the first round, uh, I, uh, or their first game, I mean, of, of the tournament. Um, so it, it really just depends on what they get, but they, there are no easy games in the big 10 and they're probably going to play one of those teams. That's basically tied with them. I guess we'll be one, one game. The Indiana will be one game up uh, on those teams, but the big 10 is incredibly deep this year and you're going to wind up playing a good team. How do you prepare for that? Could get Penn State, who absolutely ran them out of the gym uh, earlier this season. How do you respond to that? I mean, you don't, I, I don't want to face them again because of their shooting ability. I think it's just like Iowa, very difficult to defend, but we'll see. Uh, but the question for me is, is how rested will they be and how ready to go will they be? Yeah, I, I think for me, there's two ways I would go with this. It's, it's a little bit of an interesting debate. There was a question, well, I guess two things. We'll kind of table. Uh, there was, I did see a question in the chat about thoughts on Xavier Johnson's uh, the announcement about him yesterday. I could say something. Well, I, my thought is it's probably this. a good topic for Thursday. Um, yeah, that's true. You got true. something Let's quick you can, but it doesn't totally impact the, the game today. So it uh, might be a good topic for uh, Assembly Call Radio this week to, to talk to that a little bit. And I think as you look at what's ahead, um, you know, a lingering question I have is a little bit of how far do you really want to get in the Big Ten tournament? It's, yeah. Uh, you know, it, there's so much history with IU and their performance in the in this tournament. But for a team that doesn't have a lot of guys that are, are playing right now in the rotation, I don't I'm not saying you want to lose the first game. That is not at all what I'm implying. No. 
I, I wonder, though, what a three-game-in-three-day time, you know, set of games would do for a team that has shown that has this much mileage on it and has not shown a ton of depth. Now, in tournament settings, you're going to have to have some of that depth, particularly in the Big Ten tournament. Now, you get yeah. the NCAA tournament, timeouts are a little bit longer. You've got some things. You can mitigate that a little bit differently than you can where you are right now. So, uh, like you said, th- there's probably not a ton to gain from IU's perspective in the Big Ten tournament. I think right now, pretty comfortably a four seed. Don't really think they would fall from that really no matter what would happen in the Big Ten tournament. And given how the committee has viewed tournament results, probably would need some help and would really need to do your damage on Friday if you think you're going to be able to move to a three seed. Yeah, um, and one one note, I think this is going to be a great opportunity to see if Tamar Bates's run of good play today is sustainable. Uh, and so I'd like to see him get some minutes, get a, get a longer run in the Big Ten tournament. And maybe get, if he gets comfortable – that's adding a bench slot for you that does something. Get Caleb Banks some run. Maybe CJ Gunn. Like, give give a longer leash to Malik Renew. I'm not saying play backups and pretend it's an exhibition, but take advantage of the game time to prepare yourself for the one for the tournament that really matters. Now, I know Mike Woodson wants to win the Big Ten tournament. He he made that very clear today. He wants to add a banner to the wall, and and he wants that to come through the Big Ten tournament. So, he you know I I think that. You're, but you're going to have to use the, utilize those guys and see if is George Geronimo ready to go again. Like he had a really good Big Ten tournament last year, and and so see if you can use those guys to maybe take some minutes from Jalen Hutchinson and from Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson. So that that's that's sort of my perspective on it. Is I'm not saying mail the game in. I'm saying maybe give a longer leash to those backup guys and see if you can get them comfortable playing away from home at a neutral site because you're going to need them in the NCAA tournament. As you said, you're going to need those guys. Yeah. So I think that's one thing. The other lingering question, I kind of answered that with the same one. I'm sure people have questions from a bracketology perspective about where this puts IU to me, they were pretty safely on the four seed coming into this, this game while against, uh, you know, it would be a quad two win. certainly doesn't hurt you. doesn't help you a ton. I don't think it's going to do very much in the metrics because you didn't win by a, you know, a bigger margin, but uh, you know, prevents another loss, which is important. Um, yeah. Gives you ideally a little bit better draw in the Big Ten tournament. And uh, like I said, I think maybe a chance to move to a three, but, but as with always, it, with when it comes to seeding, doesn't just depend on what you do. It depends on what others do uh, around you. So we'll certainly talk more about that as we go through. Basically, you just uh, want to avoid a five, right, Andy? Because that's where you play the top lower yeah. tier teams that get in. I mean, essentially, that's the, that's the, the theory, yeah. though, is you avoid the five. Yeah, I mean, this year you'd you'd potentially assuming that or an Oral Roberts wins the um, you know wins the Summit League. They haven't lost in that league yet. Uh, as you go through there, I think Drake, who won the Missouri Valley, will be a 12 seed that, that's there today. Um, so yeah, that that certainly helps. A lot left to play out from an automatic bid standpoint. Like Liberty probably would have been in that range, lost today to Kennesaw State. Um, so kind of bumped some of the others maybe up a spot that would have been in the you know 13 range before. So. Uh, interesting to see definitely more to come from, uh, coach and the, the folks at Delphi and myself on that this week as we go forward and, uh, and look at that, but good to be, uh, double buying the big 10 tournament for first time in a, a while at the very least. So, uh, you know, I, you certainly with a storied history in, in that prestigious event. Uh, so things can only go well from, from there, but, uh, we'll, uh, we'll look forward to that. 
And then certainly once these uh, these couple games are over tonight, although the Wisconsin-Minnesota one doesn't mean anything for IU seeding or, or who they would play, I don't believe. Um, certainly keep tabs on that, and we'll figure things out. I think if you're the three seed, you play the late game on Friday. I think the two seed plays like the 6.30 game. I think the three seed plays the 9 o'clock game, I want to say. I might be wrong about that. Um, so it might be advantageous to be the, the two, so you're not having a late night. And then yeah, the around, two you play. Back and playing the yeah. semifinal Yes. You know, late that's, that's the Saturday. That's that's the theory everybody was kicking around why two's better than three. I mean, you wind up in the same place playing the same you're playing Northwestern either way if they both advance, yeah. uh, I believe. But uh getting the two makes it so you play later and have more time between games. Yep. Absolutely. All right. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Remember to check out our friends at Home Field Apparel. Use the promo code home at checkout to get fifteen percent off your first order. And uh, Ryan, it's time for last call. So what's your uh, final thoughts on IU's regular season-ending victory over Michigan? Uh, You know, it's, again, I started with leadership. I'm going to finish with leadership. I think that that today could have gone really bad, and in the past it probably would have. But this team's different because it has different leadership, and it has different guys setting the example, and all those guys stepped up late. Miller Cop made some big shots. Race Thompson was all over the place. Trace Jackson Davis – finished his career at a, finished his assembly hall career. Uh, unless somehow we get stuck in the NIT, uh, he, he will have played his last game at assembly hall and he capped it off as great uh, as he possibly could have. So it, it was those guys and it was leaning on those seniors. Uh, the next wave for Indiana is going to have to step up in the big 10 tournament. And so those guys who are going to be around hopefully next year are going to be the key to what happens to this team down the stretch and, and what happens in March and, and, and in the tournaments. Um, but to, for today, those seniors, they did not want to lose regardless of, of the let up. They wound up bouncing back as strong as they could and, and, and cinching this one. So kudos to those guys. Uh, it's been a joy to watch all of those seniors, um, especially, including the guys who were the walk-ons, uh, Ship and Childress. It's, it's been great having them around uh, for four years. Miller Cop gave a great speech and, uh, it's been, you know, he's been a, a, a real light in the program, even when he was struggling and then race and trace, man, those guys have been around through it all, through all the awfulness that we have felt alongside with them because we have had to broadcast after the, some of those games in, in some rough seasons. And it has been a, a pleasure to get to watch those guys develop, not just as players, but as human beings. And so I'm really proud of all of them and, uh, was very happy to have all five of those guys represent my alma mater and uh, look forward to what's next for them. Uh, but the season ain't over, and they have uh, they have some work to do still, and, and I'm looking forward to the next couple games. Yeah, for me, I'll, I'll piggyback on that a little bit. Uh, I think when you talk about the leadership and the way that it turned this game around, you know, we look back to January 11th. This team's 1-4 and four in the Big Ten, and lots of conversations about what was going wrong and, and all of those things, but these guys and the staff helped to go – 11 and four over the last 15 big 10 games to get to 12 and eight, get to second place. I know everybody wanted to be the big 10 champs season came in. They were the projected favorite. Um, we can talk about conference schedules. We can talk about missed opportunities to win other games and all those things. But uh, you know, kudos to these guys for being able to turn that around and, and turn the season into what it's become. I know some might still feel disappointing in, in some ways, but um, for this group to, to really, get things back on the road and uh, earn themselves a, what's likely to be a top four seed in the NCAA tournament. 
uh, you know, top two or three seed in the in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, I think that says something about what these guys were able to do. Um, and and so, you know, kudos to them. And if you look at today's game, man, these guys just deserve to go out uh, in their final game in Assembly Hall as winners, uh, based on what they've done for the program, based on what they've done this year, um, based on however many years they had in the program, whether it was you know race who you know kind of said feel like he's been there forever uh or or a guy like cop who came in after the fact had always admired the program from afar and, and talked about some of his struggles from uh previous years and how he was able to bounce back and really be a leader and a key contributor this season to uh as you said one of the one of the greats uh at iu we talked a lot about his legacy on on thursday night i think there's pieces of that to still be written uh but just a amazing representative of the program and uh Hell of a basketball player that he showed once again uh, today, for sure. So kudos to those guys. Congrats on the win and going out in style. Uh, Hopefully there are far more wins to come for this team as we head into uh, a little bit deeper into March. All right. Well, that will do it for us on this uh, edition of the Assembly Call. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. And don't forget to go to join.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thanks to Bob Thompson for the music you hear on the show. Special thanks to John Ringer of Rig Design for designing our logo. And thank you for listening. We'll be back to talk IU Hoops again with you on Thursday night. And until then, take it from me, Yogi Farrell. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. And go Thank you. Thanks for coming out. I like everything about that. All right. Ryan, appreciate you being here. So I, I wasn't alone. <laughs> so that's. Uh, I'm 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 shocked. We only came in at an hour and seven minutes after doing forty minutes in the first segment. <laughs> essentially, you know, you got to kind of build stuff up. You know, like I said, we covered so much. We were really. I liked. To... I loved it. It was a great first segment. But it, it actually, you know, like, just, this I'm, I'm like, oh, we're headed for this, an hour and a half show. This, this like, one was a journey. So uh, we went on that journey again in the first part, but uh, yeah, it was like a. a uh, yeah, it was like a, a story time. It was kind of like with, the cliff notes the where we could go back through it for people who didn't, you know, and then and basically know. So uh, um, it's going to be an interesting one to watch back. Uh, yeah. I'd like to skip about twelve minutes in there, but Holy uh, moly. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, twenty six. I, I forgot I got up to twelve. Twenty six point swing in like eleven minutes, seven of, minutes, of eight minutes. Time. It was like yeah. four oh, yeah, in the first half and the first maybe like seven of the second half. Not wow. Not ideal. Yeah. <laughs> Not ideal at all. Um, anyway. But, hey, they found Ugh. a way. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, well, how about Jared Morris saying, hey, I'll be there. Just give me 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jared, it's been an hour and 10 minutes. Not here, buddy. What's going on? What are you going to do? Coach, Coach said he was driving home, so we don't need – Yeah, uh, Coach has an excuse. He was at the game and he was need, driving home. Yeah. So, anyway. But, uh, yeah, well, we'll have uh, Thursday. We can kind of preview as we think about upcoming shows. We'll have Thursday. We can kind of talk through – Big Ten tournament, what it means for IU. I think that'd be a good time to dig into the Xavier Johnson thing a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so Friday will be. And Friday like will be the either afternoon, show whenever or night, right? Uh, I think it's. I think it's either one is night. I think it's six thirty. Oh, they're both nine night. Are the game okay. times? Got but it. I'm not and sure the earlier one is the two seed. Yeah. What I don't know is if that's because it's in Chicago. I'm not sure if that's Central Time or whatever. We'll figure it out. We'll know it all by then. I will be out on Friday, but I will be in on Thursday. Okay. So we'll, uh, yeah, so we'll plan all that out. And then, yeah, I think semifinals are usually Saturday afternoon, like two, yeah. or four. Or it is a, it is a quick turnaround for those. Yeah. It's pretty quick games. for the, yeah, for the, yeah, for the late game 
for sure. So, yeah. oh well, I won't even I won't even bother trying to figure out when the final is because uh, I've been conditioned by Indiana basketball not to worry about that. But um, yeah. if it happens, I'll be pleasantly surprised. It'll be it'll be later on Sunday, and it will mean absolutely nothing in the grand scheme absolutely of NCAA tournament seeding. So, so we got that we got that going for us, which is nice, perfect. So uh, all right, cool. Well, thanks, Ryan. Thanks everybody for. Being with us, no, got a little bit later start, but always like to give people the chance to watch the uh, the senior stuff and listen to it ourselves. Certainly something that these guys deserve after what they've given to the to the program. Although not all, everybody was pretty brief. Uh, there have been some historically long ones over the course of time, but everybody's pretty brief. Yeah, uh, tonight I felt like Mike now, Woodson Ray, was the longest. Now race one. you would expect because he did it last year, so that that seems fair. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, so yeah. yeah, those guys deserve their moment. So that's right. Race did go last year. Let that's him right. Have it. Yeah, I figured yeah. he might joke about that himself, but he did not. So he said, "Man, I've been here a long time." He did say <laughs> that. I bet he said he the same thing last year, and everybody still, even last year, nodded along approvingly. Is like, "Yeah, you actually have." And, you, uh, you have. Be weird if you were here again next year. Yeah. Wow. So awesome for him to play such a big role in this game, though. Um, Loved it. I mean, one of my favorite one of my favorite storylines of the year was was race on senior night stepping up. That's awesome, especially well, if there's such a struggle this year. Well, and after the injury, where you know he to you know, by his own admission, basically thought, this is it. I'm done. Uh, yeah. when he got hurt in that Iowa game. So, uh, not only, not only to be able to come back, but to play such a key role is, uh, is, is pretty awesome. awesome. That's, you know, one of the things about some of these guys, you, you, the, the four or five year player is a rarity in college basketball these days. It, it seems like, uh, maybe not exactly these days, given and a six year players, even like rarer. but, uh, but man, it, it really, I guess that many years at the same place, uh, at the very least, is what the rarity is. And man, just to, yeah. uh, you know, that's the thing that kind of draws you into college sports where you feel like you get to know these guys a little bit and watch them grow and improve. And uh, awesome to see it culminate for them in a, in a win at home today. Agreed. So, All right, awesome. guys. All right. Thanks, guys. Chat Mob, appreciate you being here. And uh, we will talk to everybody on Thursday. Thanks. Later.